I'm Lauren. And I'm Annie. Welcome, Welcome to, to Burf Barf, Barf, I guess. <laughs> the same intonation and everything. Hi, old friends. It's today. Today. It's today. Wherever you are, it is today. Whatever you're doing, it's today. We are here to talk to you about Adventure Race National Championships in Vermont. Yeah. Housekeeping stuff first. I don't think we have new Patreons, but uh, if you're new here because you're listening to hear about Adventure Race Nationals, uh, we do have a Patreon network, Mafia, Burfers, whatever. <laughs> I'm, out of, I'm out of practice in saying yeah. this. If you like what we're up to and you want to help us continuing continue to do more of it, uh, please join us on Patreon. You can listen to our podcast anywhere where, where podcasts are found. But you already, you already found it, so that seems moot. <laughs> this is why we're not good at navigation. <laughs> Let us help you find the thing he already found. Yeah, we okay. got that. Adventure Race Nationals, we can jump right into it. Sure. This year, uh, Adventure Race Nationals were held at a little ski resort called Smuggler's Notch. <laughs> <laughs> In Vermont, uh, which was a quaint little area. We uh, spent a lot of time enjoying the local goodies on the way. Yeah. We had several maple creamies apiece, which yeah. I can't say out loud without feeling gross. <laughs> I really hate it a lot, but I do love a maple creamy uh, and bought all the maple syrup in the world. and. Yeah. Got local hot sauces. I got myself an old man fisherman bucket hat, which is the light of my life right now. It has Vermont stitched into it. It's, it's very so Grandpa Fisherman. good. You're in I, your Grandpa Fisherman's era. I am. Completely, yes. <laughs> uh, so we spent two days getting out there. And we've been really excited to go to Vermont for nationals. Like So uh, traditionally, the location for nationals the following year is announced at nationals the previous year. So we found out when we were in California that nationals this year would be in Vermont, and we were all really excited. Our third Laura Calm Toys is from Vermont. Mm -hmm. um, I had just gone to Vermont for the first time the year before, and you had never been. I've never Vermont? been. Yeah, and so we were very excited for it to be scenic and cute. <laughs> yeah, and like so, we did get some of that pre and post. We saw the sights the day before, uh -huh. but I'll admit this was not a race of views unless the view you want is. Pine needles in your eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> it was everything that the race director promised. It was. It was technical. It was almost entirely off trail. It was a lot of climbing. Yeah. Uh, bonus for me, it was very little paddling. I mean, it was 25 miles of paddling. For some reason, that paddle didn't take anything from me, but we'll get to that. Yeah. So this year was different from the last couple of years because this was the least amount of information we've got pre-event. None. We didn't get a race schematic. No. We got, I think the most helpful information we got was that the trekking would be 90% off trail. Mm -hmm. It absolutely was. Yes, it was. That we would not have a gear, ban gear bin. We would only have one paddle bag. That we would only have the paddle bag once and it would be halfway through the race. And we didn't get that nugget no, until we didn't get the night before. The, yeah. So like even the emails leading up to it, it was like, the it was like there's going to be a kilometer swim. No, there's not. See you soon. <laughs> <laughs> also a little note that there should have been um, wheels to put underneath our yeah. canoe. Yeah, so they sent out uh, about within the week before nationals to consider getting 
uh, to consider bringing portage wheels because we would be portaging our canoes approximately two kilometers. We put like the, a glimpse of time into thinking about that. I think Laura's mindset was we had a 40 pound limit on our paddle bag mm-hmm. and portage wheels are around like eight to 10 pounds. And Laura was like, we're not going to get, want to give up that weight. And I just was kind of like, that's not a piece of gear we already own, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think that was, it was not, I don't know. It wasn't pushed that much as a thing to bring. However, when we showed up, we were like, one of three teams yeah. maybe that didn't have portage wheels but yeah, yeah we can get to that on the paddle we section. sure will whoopsie doodles <laughs> so we came to the um original like the opening race not the staging area really but we're the place where you get your maps which is at smuggler's notch got there earlier than almost any other team yeah we were the second people to put our paddle bags in the truck went and waited for our maps at 5 a.m so i don't know how well everybody else slept but i slept from eight p.m. to 3.30 a.m. without moving. Yeah, I slept from 8 to 2, and we were getting up at 4. So, yeah. I mean, it was pretty good. And it was also, pretty good. we just had, like, good vibes going already, mm-hmm. like, connecting a lot with... The, Three of gold! <laughs> connecting with the other women teams and just, like, women of AR just, like, talking for a bit after the pre-race meeting. It Got was a just great tarot good, card. Yeah, it was good juju. All around solid, solid juju. Yeah. Uh, we had a mini dance party to she's got the look uh, at between... 5 a.m. a.m. <laughs> there was one other racer in the like map room and he either uh didn't was too focused on the race or actively was ignoring us because oh, yeah. we were definitely dancing like a-holes to she's i think got it the was look. the latter probably yeah willful disregard for um smash dancing <laughs> to she's got the look so we get our maps and uh yeah and we've established some good processes Mm -hmm. for when we get the maps and one of them is we cannot start diving into route planning until we've all read the rules of travel which Mm -hmm. can be that's a hard one for me Mm -hmm. i want to get going on planning the route because it feels like that's what i'm supposed to be doing yeah but we found in places like wisconsin we made a critical error of not reading that you could ride the road in specific points and we ended up wasting some time going all the way around a giant road so there was and that's happened to us several times where we've made big mistakes and it's just been like fuck that was so stupid and so we found that uh we all have to and also laura and i interpret and digest information better when we're reading it ourselves. So in Mm -hmm. the past, Lauren has read it to both of us and it's better for all three of us to read it, which feels painstaking, but it's, that's how we have to do it. Absolutely worth Um, it. And especially in this race. And I really loved how it was set up because often between the mandatory checkpoints and the optional checkpoints, the mandatory checkpoints end up just being the checkpoints that move you along mm-hmm. the path the, of the race, yeah, they're on the, course. the way that you have to go. And rather than just doing it that way, there was two or three stages where it was like, hey, here's, for example, the first stage of the race. There's 10 checkpoints on this stage. Getting five of the 10 is mandatory, but you get to pick what five it is. That is So cool. it was really cool to still have route choice be part of race strategy, even mm-hmm. if you were following the shortest version of the course. I really, yeah. I really love that because it just, it created like a better, I don't know, <laughs> more like uh, autonomous, like you get to make your own yeah, decisions like, about your race. Yeah, it's like less patronizing to be like, here, move along this straight line that we've created yeah, for you. Yeah, and it'll be at an intersection next to a bridge. Yes, yeah. right. 
I, I will say like a pro of this race was that like schematics, maps, understanding like TAs and like it was all very clear and very yes. pretty simple and straightforward. Mm-hmm. Like you weren't like, what do you mean if I don't do TA7, I don't have to get to number 34? Like you're right. like, what does this even mean? You're yeah. just like, every, I read it. I understand it. We move forward on the course. Like yeah. we just had so many times where like m- complicated multi-days where it's just like. I have no idea if this is the cutoff or not. Right, right. So, and it was, it was dynamic while being clear, which is kind of rare. Yeah, we have some criticisms of it, but that will also come later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we read the rules of travel. We started looking through the maps. Um, I apparently originally the race director was going to give us our maps on the bus or something like that, and was convinced to give us more time with the map, which was great. Um, so we had. Uh, we had an hour at headquarters where we had the maps before we loaded onto the bus. And then we had uh, about an hour drive on the bus before we were at the race start for 30 minutes, 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, I think ultimately it ended up being a little bit more time than we needed to, but it was kind of unique to be like, well, we're just kind of hanging out. Temperature is not fucking freezing. Mm -hmm. We just get to kind of settle down and honestly i think in other races that much time would have made me feel anxious but i felt pretty fucking chill oh i'm glad yeah um not to mention the temperature for this whole so weekend perfect was every perfect. way i actually have this as a thing we need to put in our logistics review maybe we did that a high of 60 and a low of 49 is perfect race it's temperature awesome there were times i wasn't i mean the only time i was cold is when i was wet we did get some amazingly high winds at the higher altitudes yeah, yeah. like shockingly i mean it was didn't us no damage but yeah. if you were if you happened to be wet for some reason fell on a beaver pond or something yeah. and you were up on those ridges you might have uh freeze your nips off yeah maybe um but yeah we get to the start area after the bus um laura and i were still wrapping route writing out the route while we were on the bus. Um, there are some things that came in later where it was like, you know, my, my mental endurance for map planning before races used to be like 20 minutes. I mean, it was like, it wasn't like, Oh, I don't know what else to do. It was just like, my brain's tired after Mm -hmm. trying to figure out a route for this long. That's just all I have the capacity for. And now, I mean, it's, it's, probably an hour and a half to an hour and 45 that's great but after that i just kind of go like that's it i can't do anymore (laughs) you know and i think getting to the end of the race and looking back it's like oh here's some other additional things we can do with the map when we have when we have time so um but yeah we get to the start area we're like the by this old abandoned schoolhouse like Mm -hmm. which was really cool and again because the stage one was here's 10 checkpoints if you're just doing mandatories get five of 10 we ended up with this unique start line where we were a pack of racers and some of us were going one way and some of us were going the other way so essentially there was two start lines Mm -hmm. so burf barf lined up and uh i was mostly moving towards the one start line for efficiency like these things aren't chip time when they say go you go and i thought we're not going to waste any time Mm -hmm. like we'll just move towards the front of the start line and uh, we've talked about this on the podcast before, but there's a organization called trail sisters and you can have your race be trail sister certified. And that means, uh, essentially it's a, it's a way of signaling to women that their, your race is 
women friendly mm-hmm. yeah or not even women women friendly considerate of the female racing experience mm-hmm. and those requirements are if it's uh that there are menstrual products at aid stations that swag that's given out is not unisex because unisex are men's shirts uh that podium prize money is Equal the same out. and that half of the real estate at a start line is reserved for women to be up there and the reason for that is more often than not, the picture for a race is what the start line mm-hmm. is. And more often than not, it's an all-male start line. Mm-hmm. Start line. It's not that I don't understand that. Oftentimes, men are the fastest people at an event. But when you are a woman and getting into a sporting event and the pictures you see for those sporting events is the start line of the event with all men on them. Mm-hmm. It does not convey the message, consciously or unconsciously, that that spot is for you. So we've worked really hard when we're at events to just be like, if it's not us, to have somebody, some other women too, be at be on the start line. Mm-hmm. And we got onto the start line at the event of. I pulled feral femmes up to, I think they were, you know, they were just standing off a little bit. And it was like, let's just get on the start line. Mm-hmm. Lauren, you pulled up. Hmm. Was it the Soggies? No. No. I'd have to look at it. You pulled up another all-female team. Yeah. And so we ended up having three all-female teams on the start line. It was an all-female start line on the one end. Again, there was two start lines at this event. Um, but it was... It was really cool. And like I, you know, right behind us was Ben Racing, who went on to win the event. And it was really collaborative. I don't feel like we hindered their process, their, their, uh, not their process, their progress. And like we were joking with Max King about, hey, you're a college steeplechaser. You don't have to push us down to get past us. You should be able to jump over us to which he thoughtfully considered and said, yeah, I probably could, which yeah. is breathtaking. But, yeah. you know, we the the starting gun, so to speak, went off and our all female start line took off and there was plenty of space for people to go around. We had plenty of space between us. Like and it was just I don't know. I it, it felt like a really good tone in particular mm-hmm. for this year because we had seven all-female teams there this year. That's the most all-female teams that have been at nationals ever, which is dope. It's amazing. And it was also the most competitive, like, yeah. that, that it's been before. Yeah, a lot of dope. veterans, a lot of um, lead navs from other teams. Yeah. Really strong field. Yeah, yeah. so it was cool to – start out that way and just kind of set that tone and like I really felt that this year I felt a lot less imposter syndrome than I think I've oh. ever felt before too sweet um because yeah we're not like borrowing space at nationals we're just taking it up yeah mm-hmm. I I, f- I feel good <laughs> <laughs> I like it <laughs> no I mean like I I this is the first year that I feel like I really f- see a major improvement in our skills, our decision making, what we pack. Like I just do feel solid in this space and I I feel like I feel grateful to be there and I also feel like stoked to see how much more we can do. But yeah, I mean it's fun to have people recognize you and say hello and say they listen to your podcast and like just there's like it's a great place to be. I was very stoked. Like yeah. the vibes were um, like so cheerful and happy for like the, f- I don't know that I saw a lot of people 
suffering too badly. I mean, I saw some sleepy peepersons, but I didn't see anybody who was like, yeah. fuck this race. Everyone was like, hmm, this is good. Yeah, that's true. That's a, and, and that's an interesting difference between adventure racing kind of in general and maybe trail running. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So we took off. We got our five of ten checkpoints pretty easily. Mm-hmm. We were around other people. Got to see some beaver ponds. We got uh, we got a taste of the terrain that was to come. Although the terrain was pretty different throughout soggy. chunks of the race, which was cool. It was very soggy. So Stephanie Ross, which Jesus Christ, do we love Stephanie yeah, Ross? Wow. <sighs> Yeah, it was her birthday week, and she had spent the entire week... 28 hours over five days, vetting, to be specific. ...vetting this course and walking every inch of it. And the in, like, she, of course, can't share with us info about what the terrain or the course looks like, but she was just like, yeah, you're going to want to cut the fat and uh, not do all of the... Don't, not, don't try to do any of those bonus points. Just, like, blaze through to the best of your ability, because this one's going to kick your ass. And she was right. And she'd also said, do not hesitate to get in, like, water crossings and stuff, because she said you're going to get wet and you're going to stay wet. Yep. And that was really important because, I mean, we were stepping in mushy beaver ponds. Immediately. Like, this was the first two hours of the race. Uh, Mushy beaver ponds. Yeah. (laughs) Get wet, stay wet is also the team Burf Barf new motto. (laughs) Mushy beaver ponds is the name of my Tinder profile. (laughs) Hot. <laughs> Spicy hot. But yeah, uh, within the first stage, we went by two different beaver ponds, and there was, there was, we did see a few nav bumbles by other teams. Like mm-hmm. one of the beaver ponds was particular. I just want to keep saying beaver ponds. Just do it. Say it a hundred um, times. <laughs> there was uh, a beaver pond in particular that we saw quite a, te- a few teams come at from like a weird direction that didn't make sense and stuff like that. But um, it was a good warm up. Mm-hmm. It was a good warm up, and so at the start line, we our bikes were already there, so we were just making a loop back to the start area, which was TA one, and we got on our bikes. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember that. Yeah. Oh yeah, because we we had like a brief bumble where we like got out of the TA as fast we as we could. We ripped it. Yeah, because one of the goals we had for this race was we are going to transition as fast as possible. But then immediately had to stop and fix everyone's yes. gear. Yeah. We had to, and this is, so Laura had to fix her brake, right? Because her brake was something, Yeah, plus something else. That other thing that we're trying to remember is going to drive me crazy. We were trying to think of it on the drive home. We still couldn't remember. Oh. I fixed, I had to fix my bike computer because the sensor was not picking mm-hmm. up, which... Uh, it was maddening to me, and it was one of those things where there was a lot of lessons learned from this race, and one of them is, like, everything needs to be, like, like that needs to be tested and done. You have to make sure your bike yeah. computer's, like, sensor's working because that thing's so – it's such a pain it's in the ass. It's so finicky. Like, and, I mean – yeah whatever but like just making sure like oh like your bike like batteries stay on exactly where they're supposed to go that's actually a good uh reminder for us to just maybe quickly cover some gear topics yeah go for it um we got some requests about uh what gear and packs we are taking we definitely took less stuff than we've ever taken in this race um i'm usually operating with the out there medium pack which i think is what both laura and before yeah, and Annie yeah. are using. I stopped using my out there pack because all my seams exploded within the first year of getting that pack. It might have been a not an anomaly. Yeah, Laura and I have not had that experience, but we also don't have the same color as you. So like mm-hmm. sometimes the color yeah. of fabric can mat- can matter, but so I- 
I don't know if that's it or what. I would say that it's a good place to start, but if you're really trying to race fast, it's a pretty heavy base weight pack. Yeah. The thing that is really nice about it is that there are enormous hip pockets and there's good weight distribution with the hip and the and the chest yeah. straps. Um, and you can carry a lot of gear right over the shoulder and at the hip so that you can be eating the whole time. You don't mm-hmm. have to get into your pack. I did not use that pack this time. I used the Ultimate Direction Fast Pack, which is really lean. It's basically just a giant bucket with two small packs at the very at the shoulders. That was great for me. Um, I can see how if that was heavily weighted, it would be hard on the tops of your shoulders. It might mm-hmm. cut you a little bit. Um, but I did t- you keep your food in the front that you were eating as you were going? I or- had to move it, but w- something I did this year that I haven't done before is I usually carry a lot of my food in a like a collapsible fanny pack that's like paper thin. Mm -hmm. I ended up wearing that for most of the race and eating food out of my waist pack and then just keeping my my backpack for mandatory gear. I wouldn't recommend that to other people because it's a little cumbersome. It's just what works for me. Uh, And on my bike, I have a handlebar bag and then a frame bag. And that's for all of my mandatory bike gear. And then I keep a storage of food there so that I can sort of distribute some of my food weight, like some in the my, in my PFD, some on my bike, because this is a race where you were going to have to carry almost all your food for the full 30 hours, split up a little bit between 15 and 15. But like the best that you can distribute your food to different places, the better. Um, uh, Shoe-wise, we're all in speed goats. I think we've all landed on that being our best shoe for basically all kinds of terrain. Yeah, this race we did uh, do bike shoes and you had to carry, you essentially had to carry your bike and helmet anytime you weren't on the bike for the most part. And we did discuss as a team, like, we're going to likely move to 30 hours or less. We are doing flats. Absolutely, yes. Also, if anyone has found a pair of totally shiny gold mountain bike shoes, Please call me. I lost them at the finish line and no one seems to know where they are and they were brand new. I was too race drunk to think about where my socks and shoes were and I just went home. Yeah. (laughs) Um, uh, Other gear wise, I mean, bicycles are way too specific to who you are and you what you need. You should mention what your bike was. No, I do have, I have a transition smuggler and I got to ride it at Smuggler's <laughs> Notch. So lots of smuggy, smuggy things going lots on. Lots of notchy beaver ponds. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's maybe it. Uh, oh, yeah. lights. Lights are always our number one problem. Uh, in the past, it's been me. Sometimes it's Ozark. It was Laura. Her this lights just was randomly me. went out constantly. And this time it was Annie's lights randomly went out constantly. Yeah. So I will be switching to the Phoenix light system for whatever our next race is using uh, Team Disabilities discount code um, because of all of their, they put it out on their social Dope. media. Yeah. Um, like Andrea and Chip have been talking about Phoenix lights being the way to go and so has Bend Racing like they have everything on their website about exactly what they're using and I just need to make the switch they're not annoying I thought that they were a little annoying with the straps didn't Amanda have problems with the straps I don't think so. Huh. I, mean, I don't know. That's what Laura uses. That's what the majority of, of well, racers use. It is lighter. And I'm a, I'm in the Princeton Tech, which is basically like carrying a brick on top of your head. Yeah. Also, at this point, those lights are very old. I know. I know. I mean, and I, I will forget say, these things. I will say the Princeton Tech lights, headlamps that you and I both use, mm-hmm. they are like... They're they, powerful They, as they are still working as well as they were the first day that we got them. And those lights are probably... 
eight years old. Yeah. Which is amazing. Yeah. But the main thing for me is I have like a, I don't know what light system it is, but it has the big battery packs that have like almost like an open terminal end at the end of a Mm -hmm. cord. Mm -hmm. And anytime those get wet or get dirt in them, they don't work. So trying to keep those dry between when you turn in your bike to be transported, it just, it's too much of a, it's too much of a variable. So I had two big batteries on my bike so that I could have light, the highest light source the Mm -hmm. whole time because Mm -hmm. I'm the least skilled mountain biker on the team and I need a lot of light. And I was like, I went to plug in the first one, was like, fuck, it doesn't work. It probably just needs to dry out. Plugged in the second one, it worked. And within like 30 minutes, turned off and I had to borrow one of Laura's. So I just, I'm not dealing with that anymore. So I'm going to, another benefit of Phoenix is that it's a sealed system. Uh-huh. Like there is no open and terminals. And f- Phoenix also makes a front, a bike light as well. Yes. Yeah. I, I wish I could remember the name of mine. I'll have to look it up. Yeah. Um, but my, I just keep two. They're unfortunately really pretty expensive. I think they're like one twenty a piece. Yeah. But man, th- I, I never had to change mine out. Mine took one charge and stayed bright all night. Yeah. Yeah. And that's another, th- I mean, the one thing with yours and I don't, it doesn't seem like it's given you any trouble, but like yours has that little rubber flap over the USB rechargeable thing. It does. So the Phoenix is screwed closed because it's a battery like it's a battery yeah maybe that's better but yeah i gotta i gotta get my light system Mm -hmm. figured out that's Mm -hmm. my next upgrade yeah i made tons of upgrades i have a new bike a different pack new helmet new shoes and it all worked great for me yeah um trying to think what other gear stuff we all wore pants which was good Mm -hmm. uh shorts wise probably worth mentioning mm-hmm. you wear uh, i wear pearl zumi pearl zumi tri shorts that you bought me thank you <laughs> you're welcome and i wear and i cannot say this enough i wear 20 dollar american eagle crotchless bike shorts and they're, they're not, not crotchless <laughs> they're crotchless they are <laughs> chamois they don't guys have, they don't have a seam on the front they don't have a chamois <laughs> <laughs> they're not crotchless they're crotchless <laughs> you thought we were weird before <laughs> it's our right to yeah. leave our bushes out for the whole, <laughs> yeah. whole race i mean my bush is black and the shorts are black you wouldn't yeah, notice you won't. whatever i think abby perkis also doesn't ride in a chamois she told me on the our bus ride got it where i mind her for all the data in the world cool so yeah, I don't wear a chamois, and I just wear, and I said American Eagles bike shorts. They're not bike shorts. They're no. bike shorts shaped. They're like <laughs> brunch shorts. Yeah, they're like brunch shorts, but they have a really, they're high-waisted shorts, which keeps my pack from rubbing my back. Like it. Although, you did have more crotch pain than ever this race. You don't think that there would be a benefit to wearing a chamois? No, because if it's between the crotch pain I had on this race and the chafing that I so get, pressure pain, it is hands down. Pressure pain is preferable preferable to seam pain. Yep. Yeah. Yep. God, I don't know. It's all bad. Yeah. I'm literally on the verge of buying a super squish like Walmart bike seat at this point in my life. You've been talking about that so fucking long. I know. Just fucking do it. I will. Just steal the goddamn bike seat from they the bike at the They don't have the, the same y. rails. I looked at them. I was oh. thinking about taking it. They don't mm. have the same rails. Mm. Plus the Y would be like, yeah, that's yours. Yeah. <laughs> it is worth... <laughs> 
it is worth you investigating too. Like, and I actually had forgot about this too until Amanda mentioned, like, what about the seed they use for Ozark? You I, said it I was know the I dream said one. It was good, but also it's missing, so it doesn't matter. It's missing. I, it's my Kona <laughs> doesn't have a saddle on it right now, and I don't necessarily know why. <laughs> I wish I could remember more of my life. It's becoming it's becoming a problem. Yeah. I'm a problem. Okay. We'll get there. I'm going to get contacts, but I don't know about how I can fix my brain. Oh, you should speak about that piece as far as gear. I wore glasses for the second time in a race ever for this race. I wore them the entire race. Turns out, I'm not afraid of descending in the night. I just was blind. <laughs> I descended faster than I've ever descended. Fearlessly, I also have a new bike that is full squish, so it was taking the terrain really well. But being able to see for this whole race is a game changer. I just, it removes a lot of fear. I know who I'm looking at. Yeah. Yeah. And if we were in the boats at night, like that would have made a big difference. Oh, like, hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. I mean, even reading the ro- reading the water was better. Like I could read... I could read the tongues in the water when I looked around you guys yeah. in a way that I never have been able to. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So that's gear stuff. We'll mention more gear stuff as we yeah, go along. Yeah, sure. Uh, food is kind of gear. Mm-hmm. You did a lot of solid foods. I, I did. I continued to do scratch, super fuel. Um, super fuel? It's gone from like super fuel to like, I think it's scratch high carb now um, because my hands are always occupied with navigating mm-hmm. or biking. Mm-hmm. So I, the only way I get enough calories is by consuming them via my liquids. I did not put any tailwind or scratch in my bag this time for the first time ever because I have really bad tummy issues. And I used to assume that using my fluids for calories and electrolytes was the right thing to do. Turns out I think I might have been giving myself a gut bomb from having too many calories because I was also feeling hungry when I take in liquid nutrition, so I was still eating. So I think that's maybe a cause of a lot of my gastrointestinal – gastrointestinal – that's a fun word to say. Yeah. Distress. And uh, this is the first time that I haven't spent all night pooping. Oh! <laughs> wait, wait, you, wait, wait, you've wait, been wait. waiting for it for this whole episode. There you go. It's It sucks that you guys, like, you want to be my friend and you meet me and you say hello. <laughs> and I love that for us. But I, what I really hate is that what you mostly know about is when I'm either crying or pooping and like that's all you know about me and you don't see me as this dynamic individual who has like a job they and do enjoys they other do. things in life than figuring out how to not poop all night. You guys, Lauren is a whole person, not just somebody who gets the screaming waters at night. <laughs> I hate you so much. Uh, so it was my plan, no matter the outcome following the race, to take or a the mo- lack of outcome <laughs> or the lack of outcome to take a modium during this race, and I was gonna do it right before. Like as the sunset, because usually at like 10 from 10 a.m. or to 10 p.m. rather to like 4 a.m., I just have horrible diarrhea all night long. And it slowed us down in previous races. Mm-hmm. So in every race we've done. Yeah. Ultras, everything. And I don't think I don't think we can overstate. So uh, I give Lauren a lot of credit. She's the fastest pottier in the history <laughs> of the world. But when you stop. No shit. 10, 10, 15 times. Yes. Even if you take two minutes. Yeah. It's two still, minutes it's to do a that. Lot of time. It's a lot of time. So I took one holomodium at 9.30 and one at 11. And that was all I needed. And I was fine. So 
I only used water and salt tabs, and then I ate potato chips, Fig Newtons, and, like, candy. Yeah. And I think it's worth noting that it didn't mess your stomach up after the race, like, when the race was done, which is crazy. I can't believe it didn't ruin my life for two days. Yeah. So, Laura and I were saying, like, it's like a vitamin that you needed. (laughs) You need vitamin Imodium. (laughs) Well, anyway, if that's your problem, I've never heard of anyone else having this problem, but maybe you're just not talking about it. (laughs) If you're having that problem, don't wait. Take Imodium. (laughs) I really wanted you to make that rhyme, but okay. <laughs> don't don't wait. I can't. Don't rhyme. be dumb. No, that's lazy. That's lazy yeah. writing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that was good. That was another efficiency item. When the poop comes, emodium. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is what makes us us, or at least makes me me. I should say. I mean, I leaned into being the grossest one at this race. I you think you really did. I tried. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what, what, what prompted that, but you really, you re- yeah. I think it's because it's race mode. Like you and Laura get gross to survive races. Yeah. And so I was like, and every day <laughs> I was like, I'm going to just shine this on. I'm just going to full blown, make it gross immediately. Yeah. That's it's ra- great. Yeah. It's like a racing strategy. Huh. So we've made it out of the first TA. Oh, uh, shit. We better start talking. Yeah, we went on. So we got on our bikes and we were on really chunky um, Jeep road for a big section of this. Uh, Abby Perkis, before the race, had said, if you have had a traumatic bike fall then and you find yourself spooked out on riding today, it would be be helpful to do some basic math because it helps rewire your brain from mm-hmm. your trauma response essentially from such a good before. idea did it work it did work so i because of my fall at rule of three earlier this spring that like we did like a team practice mountain bike ride just a month and a half ago maybe or something and laura had asked me beforehand like hey how are you gonna do on the single track do you feel like sketched out at all i was like no and then we got on the ride and i was like nope i completely am lying i definitely i definitely am sketched out like, it I was, was a scary descent one of those first descents it was like an atv trail where like the the gull like the little gull- gullies in the double track were were so washed out that they were drops yeah and i meant i was sketched out when we went to bailey's oh yes yeah yeah so i knew i knew that it was very it was very possible that i was gonna get wigged out when we were riding on on this race and i did and so uh i did the basic math which was a good it, it was very helpful and if nothing else it just gave me something to say out loud to communicate to my team that i was having a little bit of a hard time but to your point it was not I was not like I was not particularly overacting to the train terrain. It was chunky. It was. So we got through that first section and um we that that stage was cuz I don't I don't honestly remember it all that well, but it was like a 50k on the bike. Seriously? Mm-hmm, wow. Think about it. The race so the race started at 9 a.m. and after we did our first foot stage and our yeah. first bike stage, we biked until 2:30 when we got mm-hmm. on paddle. Yeah, I remember feeling awesome and happy cuz my bike I, I I have felt for so long like all I do is mountain bike for 10 years and I still don't get better at it. Why do I suck? And then, so I think I just realized, um, it's cause my bike is really old and it's a piece of garbage. So riding on a new piece of equipment, I was just like, oh, this can be fun again. And I really, really enjoyed myself. Yeah. Um, 
other team strategy stuff, uh, we decided to do like we have for the last couple of races that I would nav on foot and on paddle and Laura would navigate on bike. Laura's navigation for this race was so clean. It was mm-hmm. really good. Mm-hmm. We had to like go down the wrong street for like half a K things before we turn around to come back. But, like as far as uh, like double checking her work and stuff or po- like she just did a really, really great job. And we as a team navigation wise just worked together as a whole for navigation better than we ever have before. So like there are points where nav was really tricky, where I was reading the map, Laura was following a bearing, Lauren was pace counting. And it really helped, I think, take, make it so that the whole team could be accountable Mm -hmm. for nav decisions Mm -hmm. rather than for me, it can be really isolating to be the navigator, especially when things go wrong and it feels like nobody else even is aware of what we're what we're trying to do here or whatever and it didn't feel that way at all um but yeah so after on that first bike stage laura's nav was just super clean and it continued to be clean for all of the bikes sections that first bike stage is where we saw that sweet old lady who was yeah. like careful up there it's really gnarly that's where the atvs go <laughs> she said i'm so excited to see bikes it was so cute it was very cute. and then we pushed our bikes up Rocks Labs for two miles. Yeah, we did. And it was funny because Laura and I, uh, which doesn't usually happen, made the same... Oh, yeah. Uh, logic made, error. Made the same logic error in which the RD said, there, there be... is no bike whacking because, you know, permits can be hard to get. So they were like, we have gotten permits in areas where we're mountain biking to be on trail. Do not go off trails with your bikes. And Laura and I both misheard that as no hike-a-bike. Those... Are very different things. They sure are. There was plenty of hike-a-bike. There was lots of hike-a-bike. I was pleased to hear that Amanda's team also hike-a-biked some of that. Oh, That made yeah. me feel so much better. Yeah. That's a good side note. So Amanda Bullseye Bullite uh, did our ride out, uh, did the car ride to Nationals with us out and back, as you guys all know, that she is a unofficial and official uh, member of Burf Barf Racing, but she was racing with her Jessies, Jessie Tubbin, Jessie's <laughs> Her little guys. Her little guy. No, those aren't her little guys. No, those I are know. her little Jessies. Oh, her, her little, little Jessies. Jessies. Last year were her little guys. <laughs> but uh, she was racing on Team Grit, who, uh, spoiler, went on to get second overall, which is fucking bonkers because this race was nuts. But... Uh, <laughs> It was. Yeah. So we finished the bike. We went to get onto the paddle. Um, Paddle, we, the single gender teams were in one kind of canoe and the mixed gender teams were in another kind of canoe. The, the paddle as a whole was like 25 miles, something like that, and had two portages on it. So right when we got off of our bikes and went to get our canoes, uh, we were looking. <laughs> yeah, um, this part sucks. So as soon as we, as soon as we got our boats, we had like a bonus half k portage right at the beginning. So we ended up uh-huh. having three portages, and <laughs> we were, we pick up the boat, and these things weigh a hundred pounds. We looked it up. They weigh 100 pounds. We looked it up. And canoes also happen to be the most awkward shape for carrying. Which means nobody can stand to help you in the middle. Yeah. You can't grab a boat by the middle. No. It was 
very, very rough. Cumbersome. Heavy. Uh-huh. Slow. So People were literally jogging by us with their boats on wheels. We did hear that the tan- the um, that the single... Nope. That the, the mixed mix- gender. The mixed gender uh, kayak or canoe was 10 pounds lighter than ours, but two? I thought 10. Two. Two. Uh, regardless, we heard that they were terrible because they didn't, they didn't like ride true yeah they and didn't stay straight at all yeah. they were really hard to keep straight mm-hmm. and the like sides were all warbly and stuff and they, they were very bad tippy. they yeah. looked bad so at first we were complaining about not we didn't complain at first we were like oh we want the lighter boats but it turns out they were a piece of shit they also had seat backs so they looked more comfortable oh, yeah. but in the end it did not matter i was happy to be in the boat that we were in other than the carrying of it yeah so we put into the river after the first shortest of our portages of which it was like fuck like <laughs> i mean I consider myself to be a really strong person, especially in when it comes to just feats of raw strength, yeah. like, like carrying a boat. And like we had to go like 20 steps before we would set the boat down and switch hands. It hurts. It was hard. Yep. Um, also, the person, the third person who wasn't carrying the boat also didn't get a free pass because you were carrying the paddle bag with the PFDs the dry bags and the paddles in it. And it was, there was no nice time to be had carrying Mm -hmm. the paddle bag sucked. Carrying the canoe sucked. Yeah. Portage wheels. Never again. Like never again. Never again. Also, this had to have been the, this had to have been the most advantageous portage wheels have ever been in an adventure race. I can't imagine there was a time that this would have made as much sense. Yeah. We would have had to shed some of our other weight in order to make portage wheels work in our poundage. I think you could have done without your Red Bull. I knew you were going to say that and I never even drank it. So yes, that's true. Yeah. But I mean like, I mean that truly like anything that we would have taken out, it wouldn't have been like, fuck, it would have been like, okay. Yeah, (laughs) sure. Other than food. But yeah. Uh, we got in, the river was relatively wide. We started in our typical seating position of Laura being in front because she's the strongest paddler, put the engine in the front. Lauren usually steers and I'm in the middle because I'm navigating. So I often have to come off the paddle. I was sitting in our, so we brought a, so, uh, single gender teams needed to bring their own middle seat whatever that was we have like an officially made middle seat and i was sitting in the middle seat and i think even before the first portage I, well it must have come up more after the first portage because we swatched after the second portage mm-hmm. but yes me sitting in the middle seat not was good killing my back i do not feel like i actively complain this hard and i was like i was like i need to complain I was like, my back hurts so bad. I cannot even just sit here mm-hmm. without being uncomfortable. This hurts my back so fucking bad. So she was using like a really simple canoe seat that you screw in to the gunnels that is just like industrial foam in the center. It's not really that. It's not really that soft. It's not really that substantial. It's yeah. a pretty not fun thing to be on and it's really low so like yeah the fact that i'm taller like just makes that position even more but, uncomfortable yeah. i mean it's you can't really have a higher seat in the middle because it'll be tippy yeah, yeah canoes are already bullshit <laughs> <laughs> so we're going along the river there was the only checkpoints were to get in and out of the portages which was fun because we got to talk and dick around the most uh, while we were paddling. Yeah. Dick around. I mean, this is the only laughing. time we had, we like sang or joked or had fun. Yeah. The rest of this race for the first time ever, I mean, typically when we're navigating, we don't talk that much, but yeah. like 
This is the least we've ever talked in any race. This was the most we've ever raced. This is the most we've ever raced. And that was our intention going in. Yes. Yeah. Uh, when uh, Adventure Insider asked... No, actually, we didn't say this to Adventure Insider. Maybe we should have. But when Jameson of Tower Racing, who we love dearly... Love so much. Mm! Um, if you remember, Jameson is who said, I heard that uh, someone might need some support out here after the u-haul was robbed yeah. before expedition ozark and he said i have lots of have space i would love to hold space, space for, you. for you and he just held me as i in a hug as i cried because i was so frustrated after the van's transmission mm. blowing up and the u-haul getting robbed so jameson will forever and always have a really special place for birth barf racing but he said you know like what's the plan for this race like what are you guys what are your goals for the race and we said we're out for blood yeah we were, and yeah. we did our absolute best. Yeah. Um, so while we were, so we took out for the first portage, which was uh, the shorter, that was the second longest, but it was the shortest of the two expected portages. Um, but man, on both of the portage takeout, on each of the portages, either on the takeout or the put-in, you still had to carry that boat on the trail so if you're <laughs> yeah there was a trail and then there was just a huge gulch that you had to yeet the boat through uh -huh. yeah it was, there's it a was great crazy. video from ron eaglin on facebook if you want to take a look at what that gulch looks like um and he does some pretty hilarious commentary on getting it across there but i did some i really was so glad i did so much upper body training yeah. for this race because i ended up using it constantly yeah uh, I was no worse the wear, thankfully, but man, I needed, the only sore part of me was my arms and my shoulders from this race from carrying shit. <laughs> my hands ended up being really jacked when yeah. we got on our bikes after the paddle. They were just like in a claw, like from holding the yeah. canoe. Um, but, uh, so we did that first portage and... And it was pretty short between the first portage and the second portage, but after the first portage is when I was like, I have got to fucking oh, yeah. get out of this middle seat. Yeah. Like, um, I can't remember if I changed spots after the first portage or the we second did. portage. I think first it was, one. It was after the first one? Yeah. Okay. Um, we changed as soon as we could. So when we went to get in the boat after the first portage, I went in the back to steer and Lauren was in the middle, which I swear, I think it worked out better because I think you got to use your paddling power more being in the second than I steering. I agree. And I'm... Like, there's some part of my uh, ego that's like, I must be in the back because I, it's it's not even about ego. It's about being able to, like, contribute to the team in a way that, like, you guys navigate and I steer the boat. Yeah. And giving that up feels a little bit shitty. But, like, honestly, in the end, the point is go faster. Right. Always. So if the net effect is we go fast, I will be in the middle of the boat. Yeah. It's hard for me to, like, give up control a little bit, but I had no trouble, like, Comfort-wise, power-wise, I'm good in the middle. I'm good in the middle forever. Yeah. And I know exactly how you feel because since Laura has taken Nav on the bike, it kind of feels like, but this is what I do for the team. And it's mm -hmm. like, if she can do it better when we're on the bike, who who am I doing it for then? Yeah. <laughs> but I totally get it. But this is the thing I do. I guess what I do is I'm the third person. You're the... You need one. You're the muscle. I always give my extra weight to you. Thank I you. always think of you as being the dumb muscle. Thank you. Like, That's the nicest thing you ever said to me. <laughs> and I mean that. Like, I think when we plan for races, like, I give you as much bike shit as will fit in all your bikes. I put as much shit fix fits in your pack. Like... Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like being the punch monkey. Yeah. That at least gave me some sense of agency. Yeah. We'll get to the 
only novel part later yeah. where I actually felt like I was racing at the very end of the race. Yeah. Other than that, there's just like a lot of unremarkableness to this race where it was like, go hard and go forward. Yeah, it's Nothing. a very utilitarian it race. Was. I just keep thinking utilitarian. It, so that's my only real criticism, and there's really nothing you can do about it, is like, there wasn't much to look at. Which is funny, and I, you know, we were discussing with another racer at a TA, and he, he was asking what we thought of the course, and we were like, it's pretty good. And he was like, yeah, I thought it would be more scenic. Mm-hmm. And we were like, yeah, us too. Mm-hmm. It was not very scenic, which was just, it felt like a pretty big surprise. Yeah. As far as course criticisms go, that's pretty small. It is. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think, and I do feel it, and I'd be interested to hear your thoughts because I think this is a hard balance to strike. This was a really hard race, but it did not feel like it was hard just for the sake of being hard. I agree. And usually I'm the one who's the scratchiest about this. The other criticism, and I know that the swim was the swim is supposed to be this, but all adventure races have one nugget of novelty or something different or a different discipline, like rappelling or that one weird year that they went boogie boarding. Yeah. Like there's always something weird. What do you think the fun novel thing was in when nationals were in Boone, North Carolina? Was there not one? I'm just I'm trying to think of what that mm. was. Yeah, maybe there wasn't one yeah maybe maybe you're right i don't know i guess what i'm saying is i like it when there's a surprise yeah i get i and even if that surprise is you get to descend mammoth mountain yeah that's a fucking surprise yeah for that, sure and like that will be in my mind that's like a red bull music video it's yeah. like that will be in my mind forever that's like me in new zealand listening to dubstep like going down a fucking me- like yeah that's a core memory yeah it's the music video of your life it is there is no except for maybe 10 minutes there is no music video for this race <laughs> it's just a really old book yes but it is an important reference book it's an important uh, reference book but it is a dusty old boring book i wouldn't call it boring okay I'm sorry. I yeah. didn't mean it. I didn't make the I didn't I make didn't... the race. I think for me nationals is a portfolio of experiences and like it can't always be California. No. It can't always be Wisconsin. It can't always be North Carolina. It can't Absolutely. always be this either. I'm not being hypercritical. Yeah. Usually I'm the poo-poo guy. I'm not poo-pooing. I'm just saying it was not that dynamic. It was smart. Yeah. It was great logistics. Great support, great volunteers, really awesome and straightforward. It wasn't fun. Yeah, it wasn't. It was not beautiful. Well, it was not beautiful in the way that I expected. I don't know. It was not scenic. It was beautiful in that I saw more lichen, moss, and mushroom types (laughs) than I've ever seen in my fucking life. And I've never seen more beaver in my life. Ponds. Ponds. I don't think I saw any beaver. Uh, no, I don't remember seeing any beaver Mm-mm. except for my crotch on the shorts. I was actually talking about pussies, so <laughs> <laughs> I was scanning for nudity, but I don't think I saw No, any. I didn't see any pussy either. Well, luckily nobody went in. Yeah. Well, we didn't see any pussy. We heard a story about a group of people going in, though. Speaking of pussy, Sorry, people just... tipped their canoe. <laughs> 
I was just about to say, I didn't see any pussy. And you're like, okay, well, I'm going to I'm gonna do my thing and then you do your thing. Okay. So don't forget that somebody went in the drink and that's what you're going to talk about. I was going to say, we didn't see any pussy because we didn't change clothes the entire race. That is the first time we've done that ever. That was one of our strategies going in was that we were not going to change anything pretty much ever unless we had to. The women have become so competitive that I'm like, why are we telling them this? <laughs> I know. And it's hard. And I, what I am considering is Ben Racing puts out everything that they mm-hmm. do. You and I want more women in the sport. Oh, it yeah. doesn't matter. Fuck but yeah. I have this. A rising <laughs> tide raises little... all boats. Yeah. And, and people still don't beat Ben. Yeah. And they're like, we told you what to do. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, we didn't change our clothes the entire time, including socks, which is bonkers. Yeah. Except for you sneaked in a sock change when I, I went missing. I earned it. <laughs> you did. And I was missing. Sorry. I went missing during this race. I had a really good time going missing. Yeah. So now you talk about, uh, you heard somebody went in, into the water. We listened to a po- part oh, of a podcast. Yeah. It was where a team went into the water. Tug Hill Outfitters or We Don't Quit. I can't remember. Or both that ended up matching up and going together and some of those teams ended up having to build a bonfire, which was a really familiar story for us if you've ever, if if you've, if you were been our third time hearing that. Yeah. If you were in that uh, segment of people that went in, go back to our Berryman's episode and listen to the struggle that was real about port, not portaging. What is it called when you, when we had to ferry our bikes over super fucking high muddy water. Yeah. It's a scary story. Yeah. Um, Something I wanted to get back to on the paddle. So after our second portage, um, we did really well on this paddle. It felt really good. Historically, we get zoomed by. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Whenever other teams are near us on the paddle, they fly by us. And that was not the case this race. No. Which was which felt so crazy satisfying i spent so much time training for the paddle this summer it's, it's my, the most we've ever paddled yeah it's my this. it's my weakest leg and so i decided i'm not gonna let it hinder us so i paddled my fucking tits off also i don't know how you haven't hit this yet but annie carried the boat on her <laughs> head i mean i put the yoke thing across my shoulders for a good quarter k you walked with a boat on your head. <laughs> it was better. It was so much better than holding it. Yeah. I was trying to stabilize it, but in the end, I think I just ended up bothering you. Yeah. It's but hard to tell. I've never it's carried hard to a tell boat. Because if I let go, it's possible that it just went flying. Yeah. But who knows? But mm, I don't know. Like, And I also think I could have done that longer if my back didn't hurt from sitting in the middle seat. Yeah, that does suck. Yeah. But... It doesn't matter. We'll never have to do that again because we'll never be without wheels. No, we won't. Also, thank you to Stephanie Ross for being down at the water. <laughs> she's such a wonderful little gremlin that she's like, here's all your trail mail. Do great. Hope you fall in. <laughs> <laughs> um, Not you, but somebody. Yeah. I want to see somebody do it. That would I be mean, fun. Like, Yeah. I kind of understand. If I was just sitting down by the water, I'd want to see something weird, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Around this point, we were floating around ship points, and mm. they had portage wheels. We were very stoked. So, chick points is Karen, Christy, and Dell. Chick Who points are mentors of ours. Yeah, and the chick points has won nationals. I think twice before, at least twice before. They are the toughest, kindest, most yeah. wonderful people. 
We love you guys. We love them so much. They are just exemplary in sportsmanship, um, in just being tough women in the woods and like never cracking and just staying focused. Like they've just paved the way in a lot of ways and we've watched them do what they do and it's been really helpful for us and they've just been really kind to us. Yeah. And we were really excited to compete with them this year. Fuck yeah, we were. So in the last few years, we've had a thought of like, yeah, we could maybe pull off the win, but it would me it would likely be because we had an outstanding race and other teams Biff had, had, had yeah biff something or had bad races mm-hmm. like it would be a little bit more serendipity than skill and this year we were like we could win this thing based off our, our skill and like again the least imposter syndrome i've ever felt going mm-hmm. into this and so when we came up next to or when so we were really gauging ourselves with our portages against chick points and how they were doing with their portaging wheels and uh, chick points, I don't mind telling you that we were so stoked that we didn't lose that much time on mm-hmm. you guys with us carrying the boat. Cause we were we, panicked. We were thought we were going to lose like 35 minutes to yeah, an hour we, just from portage. Yeah. We were like, are we going to end up like not podiuming in this race? Cause we didn't wheels? bring fucking portage wheels. Yeah. So when we ended up being around each other in the water after the second portage, we were like, fuck yes. Like, and we had been, uh, joking and stuff for a lot of the paddle and we were like let's just like dig in for a while so like burf barf and chick points were around each other for a long stretch in the water and again karen christy dell it was so fun to be in that moment of like hi hello go 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 like yeah it just yeah yeah felt like it is it, it was funny because like we're such we're good friends in real life and so when you get on the water and you're sort of gunning it because you don't know who has more points or if yeah, you're you neck have and neck, no clue. you don't know if you're winning or losing. You just have to grind. And there was a short bit of icy silence because we were like, oh, bitches, it's off. <laughs> Which is great. Yeah. Because it's a fucking race. Yes. It's the national championship. Yeah. We care. You care. Yeah. It's great. Let's you do this. You honor us. By racing your tits off. And we honor you by racing our tits off. Yeah. So we pulled off at the end of the paddle. Like, we were... We pulled in right before right before them. Like, I I think our boats were both on the shore at the same time. Yes. So we get done with the paddle. Uh, we were on the paddle from, like, 2.30 until right at sunset, which is great. We were like, we don't. Mm-hmm. We started to get towards the end. And, Lauren, you, we had talked about, like, pulling the boat off to, like, suit up and everything. And I was like, I no. think we're close enough that we need to squeeze it out and get off that the water. That was so wise. Yeah. That was, that's always a hard call to make because I'm like, I'm not entirely sure. But then as we... We went I felt really good about like I'm glad it was kind of a hard ass to be like no we're not st- we're I'm not so stopping. glad so glad you were unfortunately I soaked my whole raincoat which was shitty yeah because that middle seat is very wet <laughs> it is you just the, all the water hits the top of your head mm-hmm. and then for some reason you get your arms more wet I don't yeah know. somehow both somehow both all, people are getting yes. you wet but not each other wet and yes. I don't, like it's very very wet it's in the, the wettest seat yeah <laughs> at least after i'm done <laughs> so so yeah so we pull God. off right before chick points at the ta the ta it's starting to get dark we um uh 
we had talked as we were getting towards the end of the paddle, like, hey, we're going to be a little cold. We're not going to warm up until we get the fuck out of the TA. So Just no, do it. no staying in the TA to try and warm up because it's not going to fucking happen. Yeah. So, and we also know that historically it takes us a long time to transition off the paddle. And we were like, get the fuck out of here. This is the fastest Annie's ever gotten ready for a race. It's the fastest she's ever been ready in every single TA. I think I was still helping Laura, and I was also helping myself. My fingers wouldn't think because I was freezing. Annie ran up to a convenience store to grab us water. So most most proud of that. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome, and which actually did in the end save us time because we could have gotten water. It would have taken us more time to go down to the water and purify than it would for her to grab it. Yeah. So that was rad. We this was our longest transition, but still better than we've done before. Yeah, um, and I will because I want to give them their flowers as we went along. So we got into the TA just like thirty seconds earlier, but uh, Chick Points got out of that TA before we did. Oh yeah, we watched it. We were like, they're gone. Fuck. And that was another. <laughs> that was kind of another reason of why we were talking about switching to flats because we had to change bike shoe, like change shoes, and you know, I think that was something like. Uh, that made a difference also they have uh more experience racing cumulatively as a team like they do you know yeah. so we still so it makes me helpful we still have we more still opportunity have to get faster to improve. in yes. the TAs. so we got back on the bike um we had to do a ride to uh a relatively short trek so the bike ride we did after the paddle is when we did those really muddy, mushy trails. Oh, that was bad. It was bad. It wasn't soul crushing. It was just no. poopy. Somehow it wasn't soul crushing. It was just kind of like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was fine. Um, but Laura's nav was, again, really clean. This is where we moved into some supplemental maps versus the standard USGS maps. Laura did a f- outstanding fucking job navigating trail networks, which when you have, I mean, we had the the trail maps with the names on them but like it's it's really hard to go from like a race map that's based on the usgs map to a supplemental trail map because like often you don't have a scale things don't match up entirely right and she just did a really good job of moving between those things Mm. was it not this leg where all those wet weird bridges were that was the next bike leg Uh, i think it might have been the second night bike leg where there was just like tons and tons of skinny wet wooden bridges and that sucked i actually don't remember what's like i don't remember which section we carried our bikes up the stairs that was the second bike section i'm almost positive okay where there were just like these tiny little stupid wooden planks that you had to go straight uphill on also can you tell me the name of the team that's a family psyched psyched i watched those kids ride these wet incredibly technical trails without getting off their bikes those kids are rock stars i mean your dad's cool too but you guys are way cooler because the things that you can do without even like hesitating i was just blown away so uh after that bike which was pretty short we came into the uh the triple o right yeah I'm just looking at the maps. I actually, I think maybe all the weird, the muddy shit was on stage four. Yeah. Oh, so it was in that first one. It was one. in that section. Yeah. Maybe. So we did a lot of carrying. Our arms were already tired. It was just so like, much lifting. Even in this race. Olga agreed, and she's jacked. She was like, "That was stupid." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, we carried our bikes up some straight up stairs, and yeah, it, it was, was dumb. It was. Yeah. I thought that I was gonna fall down many times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was something. 
It was something. It was something. Uh, so we came into the short O course where... Which I would argue is one of the most fun parts. Yeah, actually, this is a good bit of novelty, even though it's the part that usually paralyzes me with fear. Uh, we got three maps, A, B, and C, each with its own respective three uh, checkpoints, only one of which was mandatory. Yeah, so you, ha- so you had to get... You had to get at least one checkpoint on each one of the three maps. So you could uh, split up or you could stay together. Yep, um, which was good. Lauren, you had a lot of fear before the race about yeah. navigating on your own. Yeah. And like, um, great news. I didn't have to. Yeah. So I looked at the maps and I was like, hey, for map A and B, you two, Laura and Lauren, can go out to this point and. Then Laura can continue on to grab two. Lauren, you can just wait at this intersection and Laura will come back and get you on the way back. And I said, and at at one point before we headed out, Laura said, she goes, oh, or Lauren could just come back to the TA so she doesn't have to wait out there. And I said, that's fine. But whatever you guys decide to do, decide on an absolute. Yes. And I I knew that you did. So I headed out on my, on my leg and I got one checkpoint and then was like, you know what? Like, uh, Laura's going to have to do like, I think it was like 1.7 miles total. I can get my second checkpoint, even though I didn't discuss that with the team in the same amount of time that Laura gets her two checkpoints. I'm just going to scoop my second one up on the way back. I get back to the TA and... I'm at the TA long enough to change into my bike gear, uh, change the map on Laura's map, eat some food, get a Leatherman and tighten Laura's map board, go pee. That was still change my socks. less time than you think it was. That was still not that long. I don't because know. Because my total time gone was only like 41 minutes. I know, but I think I was back 25 minutes of that. Ah, that sucks. Yeah, I mean, but it's... Oh, and I'm just get, like giving context on like how, my experience of time passing in yours. So then, so then Laura comes back in the TA and I'm like, fuck, Laura should not be here before Lauren in any way. Fuck. And you had expressed like a lot of reservations about navigating alone. Uh-huh. So we, Laura and I thought you were lost. Oh, that sucks. Like, but what happened was I got, she sent me off and she got me to an intersection and she was like, you've got the rest. And I did. So I got a one or whatever it was or C one. And then I got to C one and Abby Perkis was there. And I was like, yay. I was like, she's like, all right, let's go to the next one. And I was like, "Mm, yes, please. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, Laura and I are like, Lauren is lost. Lauren is lost in this trail network. We don't know how it happened. So I went and got the lost. second one, which was easy. And then we got we went to the third one, which was the like confluence of I mean you even two. went for the Yeah. Whoops. She was like, let's just go get the next one. And I was I was like, I cannot say no to hanging out with Abby Perkis. I cannot say no to navigating with Abby Perkis. I was just like over the fucking moon. And yes, did I get carried away? Yes. Can did I she, ask? This is, gonna, be... this is gonna sound like a shitty question, but I have to ask. Did you think about what I thought she when I looked at the map and saw how many miles she had to do, I thought there's no way she's back yet. And I did the math. I thought for as many miles as she had to do, there's no way she's done. And I kept looking at the time. And at four eleven, I was like, I've got a bail. And I did. Yeah. I thought that that was the amount of time that, that you guys would be gone. I wasn't thinking I was overclocked at 
all. Yeah. So Laura came back and we we were she went and filtered water and went to the bathroom and then we were just kind of standing around and we were like, you know what? Laura, like, you should just go out for your third Thank God point. she didn't pass me on the main trail. Worst case scenario, she would just that was a plan. We but we would have I would have been coming up from the rivers to the main trail and she could have passed me and, and that would have been fine. She was going for the third checkpoint oh. and was going to go for the third checkpoint and come back. So we were like, oh. hey. So she wasn't coming just to swoop me. No, no. Because we had said, like, we we don't even have any clue well, where shit. you would be she to swoop She should have you. gone to the No, next that one. was the plan. That she would go to the third checkpoint. If she saw you, she would come back with you. And if she didn't see you, she would get her checkpoint and come back. I know. She should have gotten her checkpoint regardless. So, and this is, like, the end. This hindsight. is, like, the hindsight thing. Yeah. So... You so Laura saw you when she was coming back. You two came back. All three of us were together, and we were like, "Great, let's get the fuck out of here." We should have cleared all nine checkpoints yes, in that course. We should have, with retrospect. And we also talked about like, I totally was like, "I'm gonna get a second checkpoint and surprise them." And you were Say, like, "I'm, I'm gonna, gonna get fucking, I'm gonna get a second checkpoint and surprise them." Yes. And we were like, after the race, we were like, we cannot do that. Yes. Like, we have to communicate that. Do I feel guilty that my parents didn't know where I was? Yes. <laughs> did I have really good time at the party? Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. I did. Yeah. Like, did I? I had the same thing where I was like, did I hurt anything by going for my second checkpoint? No. Could I have, though? Yes. Like, yes. I, yes. it could have easily been the other way around, but. In hindsight, we should have cleared that whole course because we those have. were like the e- almost the easiest CPs of the day. Except for you, you said uh, nobody. Ever, a lot of people had a really hard time getting the third getting C3, CP yeah. on C three. That's so. what I heard. Yeah. Okay. So we get the fuck out of there. We get on our bikes. Uh, this is when we were like riding through town, and like Laura was looking for a mm-hmm. turn off for the country club and stuff. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of road running on this uh, on this point. Um, road riding. Road running. Riding. Yeah, road riding. Uh, yeah, this was just kind of moving us moving us along. The The night stages are kind of mushy for me. They are mushy for me, too. Oh, and you know what else I missed somehow? Mm. We're going to back up. I'm going to do it briefly. There was a stage in the middle of the night. It was stage five. And there was... Uh, there was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight CPs. Only one of them was mandatory. The goal was to do one CP that was the closest to the TA and get the fuck out of there. We were planning on like 45 minutes max on this stage. Oh, this was that stupid fucking water one. Yes. And so we they're got- like, it's hidden. It's, we asked another team and they're like, it's hidden, but it's down there. And it was in a bunch of shitty ass brush yep. at the edge of a small cliff yep. next to a river. So we had gotten to the TA, and again, this is before the team breakout O. We got to the TA. Uh, we were we were really kind of pushing and on our high from having gotten off the paddle earlier and like really mm-hmm. competing with chick points. Although Laura, in our infinite wisdom, was like, you never have any idea what anybody else is up to. But we made the approach to CP32 on this stage. I totally bungled it up because I should have aimed off and then went up. Instead, I aimed right for the CP and then was like, well, it's in this re-entrance somewhere. I just can't tell you if it's upstream or downstream. Yeah, we spent a lot of time looking for it. So we had to eject out of there, go back to the free, go back to the road that 
went back to the TA to try a different approach. And as we're on the road, Chick Points rides past us and we're like, holy shit. They already got their mandatory and they're gone. We've been fucking around in the woods so long that Chick Points came in, got their CP and got the fuck out of there. We were crushed. Later we would learn that that is not what they had done. What they had done was miss the turn for the TA. (laughs) Thank God. So they, at this point, I think we're already having like a little bit of a hard time in Karen's own word. Like I'm not applying this on their behalf, but again, Laura was like, you don't, you have no idea what's going on for other teams. And this was such a prime example. We were like, oh my God, they've completely passed us. They're already out of here. And they had just missed the team. Yeah. <laughs> like, whoops. They were not, not only having a good time, they were having a bad time. So <laughs> uh, that was on stage five. So going, going back. Uh, another brief nighttime thing in this sort of same vein is like gear, emodium, food and water, all that garbage is that I had always slow trickled my caffeine, like taking a little bit of a five hour energy or taking a little bit of Mountain Dew. And I talked to Mark Latanzi and at Ozark and I was like, I got so sleepy that I couldn't walk or ride. I was running into trees. And he was like, you really have to blast all your caffeine at once or it's not going to work. So I did a, a single caffeine blast at this race, only one where I did caffeine gum and a whole five-hour energy at once and i it recovered me for the rest of the night huh yeah it was awesome and i had a few sleepy points uh which i thwarted by screaming yeah yeah you did <laughs> oh yeah we, we did this thing where we try to scare the shit out of each other yeah. to wake each other up I it only works good. for like you scared really good. the shit out of me i screamed wake up at you when we were like mm-hmm. two feet from each other on the bikes it was really it was good. really helpful i have a really shrill loud voice when i when i'm inclined um so then we're on to stage eight, which we were biking in the daytime at this. No, we had to first bike up the rest of that giant climb where we had to go up that single lane road. Oh, yeah. That was a big climb on that single lane road. Brutal. There was a one <laughs> There was one single road climb that was broken up by the TA in the, in the single yeah. mandatory that was like nationals North Carolina yeah, level. Yeah. That's right. Because we kept saying, I was like. It's How? really, it's really something. Yeah, like, we just kept saying it. This is really something. It just it, went on forever. And it really, it, and I think like that whole thing we were talking about about being curious about the race. Mm-hmm. Like I really felt that it was not like fuck this hill just keeps fucking going. It was like this is kind of amazing that this still goes yeah. up. I really didn't get mad at this race, and I really did, like I had very minimal suffering in this race. I had like ten minutes of an upset tummy. I had thirty minutes of really big bad sleepies. But at no point was I like, I don't like this. I don't want to be here. I don't think I can do this. Why do we do this? No. I was. We did Marvel a little. We were like, we're still. We did this again. Again. We keep doing this. We keep doing this. That's bonkers. Yeah. So it's not like, why? It's just like, wow. Yeah. (laughs) How does this keep happening? Wow. (laughs) And I think um, this race, I absolutely had the best mental hygiene that I've ever had before. Mm. Like my mental environment was better than it has ever been before yeah mine too i gotta be honest to the nth degree yeah like i managed my stress in the weeks leading up to the race very purposefully and opted out of some things that in the past i would have absolutely made happen or gone to whether it was social things or family things or physical things and i really just had it in my mind of like what makes me feel the most chill for nationals even though it's three weeks away that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. And that was not the easiest thing because I'm used to just like, if I can make it happen, you know, I do. But like, it made such a big difference mm-hmm. to be at this event and not feel already pre-stressed. Yeah. And then, because typically, 
and this is not hyperbolic, typically, as soon as the team is slightly ahead of me on a bike ride, I feel like, fuck, it's just going to be this all day. I can't ride well enough. I can't do this. I'm going to be the one slowing us down all day. I can't nav. I'm going to keep fucking it up. I'm just going to keep fucking up. We're not going to end up winning because I can't nav well. Like, that's, that is the kind of, like, things going through my mind a lot Mm -hmm. of the times. Mm -hmm. And so to be at this event and be like, we're going on this hill up a bike, on a bike, and I have to walk some of it. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) What a curious thing. You can walk as fast as I can pedal it. What a curious thing that this hill continues to go up. Yeah. Amazing. (laughs) It's okay. So we did that last bike. Um, lots of walk. There was, there was a lot of hills on that a lot of walk, um, or on that bike. And then we get to stage nine, which goodness, stage nine, the very last stage of the race. My, my, so my, 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 our plan, our plan for the whole event was to do all of the mandatories and use up any extra time that we had in the last stage. We, I'm so, we've had several races that we've lost because of race strategy decisions that were like, oh fuck, of course that was stupid. We we lost this race because of what I would call a grown-up race strategy mm-hmm. decision, which mm-hmm. feels good. It would have been nice to have still won, but like so the the overall winners of the of nationals on the all women's teams was Feral Femmes, which uh you know, I wanna give a shout out to Feral Femmes because mm-hmm. like Yes. We, I mean, God, like Amazing. Yeah. And just the strong female nav is so fun like kit it's just so cool to see women who are the, like they're the navigator for a really good team yeah so feral femmes is kit ashley and emily and kit uh is part and actually i think all three of them at times race with strong machine and kit which i learned at the race which i just think is so cool kit apparently is the navigator at time the main navigator when doing a mixed gender team for strong machine so cool and uh to quote someone close to us is quote the real deal. She's Kit the real is deal. the real deal. Yeah. And they ended up winning by I wanna say six points. Six points. Was it six points? Uh-huh. And it, they cleared the very first stage, so they got all ten of ten checkpoints. So if we would have done the same and all this information was available to me, I could have looked at the map to see, hey, getting an additional checkpoint in stage one is gonna be easier than getting an additional stage point in stage nine. This is stage nine. You might as well just become a hobbit and live there. Uh huh. So, stage nine had, I don't know, like 12, 12 plus optional CPs. And so it felt like that would be a great space to add on extras if we needed to. Uh, the, the trekking up to this point was 90% off trail, and the, the trekking on this section was probably 95% off trail. We did some crazy shit in stage nine. Wow. The short course uh, for this race was essentially to do the race except for the last the last big trek. And there were 24 teams that didn't make it to mm-hmm. stage nine. Mm-hmm. We're really proud to be one of two all-female teams that made it to stage nine. And at the same time, we also want to get to a point where all all-female teams go, Can get do to the, the full, full, full hard thing. Yeah. But stage nine was like crawling straight up a mountain literally hands and knees so that you don't fall off the mountain yeah we climbed up a a near sheer face that was just covered in moss grabbing handfuls of moss to get to the top just hoping it doesn't rip off of a rock yeah um we 
we worked really well as a team in particular on navigation at this part. We had some bumbles. One of the biggest thing on this leg was CP47, which was a mandatory CP. We were going up and down this monster reentrant like over and over again, and we were too high in elevation. We had approached it poorly. Not even we in looking at the map, we didn't approach it poorly. We were contouring or staying at the same elevation, coming around a spur rather than going to the top of a peak and coming straight down in order to follow a compass bearing. But it threw us off on our approach, and then we ended up kind of not knowing where we were. And man, being in the same area while you see teams come in and then take off, it's like, where is it? Yeah, we were there for so long, and actually, that's one of the things I want to look up is how long we were we were there, but. We did add some extra, some optional checkpoints, but we added probably, we probably added two optional checkpoints that we could have used that time to at minimum clear that O course instead. Yeah. Uh, This is an area that we were also, we guess we did not know, but we guess that Stephanie Ross might've been talking about when she said, Hey, it's weird out there. There's like a whole 40 foot re-entrant that's filled with giant rocks. It's not even on the map. We believe we found that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, we saw a lot of teams really scrambling and then we had like two hours and 45 minutes left for the whole race. And we still had quite a ways to get back with some serious elevation to cover, to get back. And I was worried. I thought we did all this amazing work. If we don't get this mandatory and we head back without it or cut time or miss the time, we would all be crushed. Yeah. So I went into gonzo mode and uh just employed any help that we could find we i followed another team of an all-male team up and down this re-entrant they seemed like maybe they knew in the end they did not um and i just chased them up and down this re-entrant found an, and we just heard someone shout out just go farther down oh no it was team vita raid as they were leaving an area uh, and i was like hey do you guys get 47 he goes yeah and he goes lore and lore. i was like Got it. So we went lower, and there it was, which was Calmtoid's first instinct when we got there was to go lower in elevation. So mm-hmm. we booped the sec- the checkpoint. We get out of there. And as soon as we got out of there, like, then I felt comfortable to tell you, like, we are so close. We have so much time to get back okay. after that one. Yeah. I still don't believe you when you say those things. <laughs> I, I, I have trauma. Believe it or not, and I'll keep saying this, I never want to squeeze it out at the end. I know you don't. It just happens sometimes. Yeah. I was frenzied at this point. I had been running and freaking out a little bit. And this whole last section, I was just a little bit like, (laughs) 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 like, I think I inflamed all the pleura in my, in my lungs. Like I, I gave myself pneumonia in the last three hours of this race. It was, um, despite the rest, despite this race not being the most scenic, this last trek was epic. It was, it was epic. I, I thought that was a cool part. It also reminded both me and you, because Laura already knows, we can climb. Yeah, we can climb. We can fucking climb. Yeah. And it, I thought you were going to say it reminds us of Shoplope, which... Oh, yes, and it reminds us of Shoplope, our secret... That's a deep cut. Secret yeah. friend race. Um, so we close out the race. Uh, we descend back into Smuggler's Notch, which is our resort that we started at and also got to ride by in the middle of the night as part of the race course. And we learned that we got second place. Yeah. I, I was over the moon. I am over the moon. I was too tired to be over the moon. And then the moon came. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, first place was Feral Femmes. Second place, Birth Barf. Third, point, third place, Chick Points. Hell yeah. 
this is the best Burf Barf's ever done at Nationals. Yeah. Um, at what many racers were saying, the hardest na- Nationals that they've ever done. Yeah, which was very dope. Pleased. We ended up with about 120-some miles and about 10,000 feet of gain, which is dope. <laughs> Quick shout-out to Soggy Tritons, who was their first, I think for some of them, their first adventure race ever. So proud of you for coming and grinding it out. I'm so sorry you didn't get to paddle. That absolutely sucks because we know it was your forte. Yeah, you'll just have to come back again. Very fun seeing you and hanging out with you. Yeah, we also had Heather Steves of Strong Machines C Squad that reached out to you with questions about, like, should we do nationals? And you were like, fuck yes, you should do nationals. Yeah, and I read her Instagram post, which was like this great review of the whole race. And then at the end it said, I don't think that I'll do this again. And I would like to tell you, yes, you will. love it um i feel like we could do another hour on this but we'll we'll have to just do some more on our next episode because we have so many anecdotes um still and i will i will do one on um i think the one that i would like to leave is like a as a um inside joke for the instagram post is um guess where the pine needle is that (laughs) i found came from that i found two days after the race so yeah (laughs) yeah anyway Um, thank you what a what a race yeah thank you to everyone who's ever and all the women who've ever inspired us to believe that we could do this we're out to win next year we are we're out to win this year but i'm just gonna be a little bit more bold about putting it out there and just kind of like staking birth barf's claim yeah we want to win nationals we will be the strongest we've ever been yeah and we will be wearing the least amount of clothes i'm just kidding (laughs) <laughs> Until next time, well, we are Burr Barf. Now without crotch. <laughs> <laughs>